Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. So wonderful to have you here today. So let's see. As you know, in July, we're using Pam Grout's book, E-Cubed, and she always offers us up little scientific experiments to prove to us that spiritual principles actually work. There are things that you can prove to yourself work in the world. Well, today is no exception. You'll remember last week we started with the principle of stop talking smack, and we challenged ourselves to see if our lives would improve if we just watched what we said, if we just perhaps stopped complaining, stopped denigrating ourselves and other people. And I got to tell you, I noticed a difference. I hope those of you who were playing along at home noticed a difference as well. Simply watching what we say can make a difference in how we feel about ourselves and the world. Last week, we also looked into the research that proves that worry is 97% worthless. And that was a stunner for me. Literally, the only thing that worry does is make you anxious, fearful, and unhealthy. We proved that it shows no purpose whatsoever in the real world. Well, today we're going to have another thought experiment, another energy experiment. It's called the placebo effect, and we're going to take a challenge a little later in the talk. But I think I want to start off with this discussion of, uh, of placebos with a joke, if you don't mind. So let's see. Two old fellows sat on a park bench talking while their two dogs played in the park. Hey, says the first fellow, your dog seems more perky today. I thought he was just about done for the last time I saw him, but look, he's zipping around the dog park today. You're right, said the second fellow. I thought he was finished too. He's 17, you know, but look at him now. You'd sure never know it. So what's different? What happened? Well, I was worried. So I took him to the vet. The vet gave me a bottle of pills, and they've made all the difference. He's eating good again. His joints seem more limber. Even his mood has improved. But what I really notice is how much energy he has. He looks like a new dog. You'd swear he was a puppy. That's amazing, said the first guy. What's in those pills? Dunno. It's some long name. They taste like mint, though. And so today, we're going to be talking about the idea of placebos. Now, I'm sure everyone at least has a rough idea of what a placebo is. It's a, a sugar pill or a substitute for a pill that in theory has no active ingredients in it at all. It should have no effect on us. And because of that, of course, in scientific experiments where they test the effectiveness of drugs, they do what are called blind experiments where maybe half of the people get the real pharmaceutical grade drug the other half of the people will get a placebo, usually a, a sugar pill or a cellulose pill, and then they study the results. And in theory, of course, the pharmaceutical drug should be more effective, right, than the placebo. And when they're not, that's a good sign that that particular drug shouldn't be brought to market. So that's the idea of a placebo, and I thought I would read Pam Grout's take on this idea. She says, our beliefs and expectations, in fact, are so powerful that placebos can cause bald men to grow hair, high blood pressure to drop, 
ulcers to heal, dopamine levels to increase, and even tumors to shrink. And although pharmaceutical companies would rather keep the lid on this, placebos relieve symptoms sometimes on a par with the real medication. In other words, it's our belief that does the healing. But you know, I'm one of those people that likes a little bit of evidence. I love Pam Grout, and I think this is a great book, but I kind of wanted to see if it was really backed up with science. I mean, I've heard of the placebo effect before. Uh, I had no reason to be suspicious, and yet a little part of me is suspicious, right? So I did some research for you, and I, I would like to share this. So this is from the U.S. National Library of Medicine, the National Institute of Health. This particular study was published in May of 2013. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with the idea of a meta-analysis. So picture, if you will, there's, I don't know, thousands of prescription drugs out on the market. Nearly all of them at one time or another went through a clinical trial. That's required for them to come to market. And so nearly all of them have been matched against some kind of a placebo in those clinical trials. Well, a meta-analysis doesn't actually require a new study at all. All that a meta-analysis does is it looks over all of the thousands of studies that have already been done and compile general information based on those hundreds, probably thousands of drug trials. And so this time around, what was the uh, researcher doing? They were seeing overall how effective not the drugs were, but how effective the placebos were that were given to people, right? So this is one where you don't have to worry about whether it was an adequate sample size. It was hundreds of drugs and thousands and thousands of people that measured the effectiveness not only of the drug, but as a byproduct, the effectiveness of the placebo. So they aim to test for differences between treatment and placebo effects within similar trial populations. All right, so I know you're hanging on my every word. You want to know how it turned out. I was amazed. So they divided up the kind of treatments into a couple different categories. One of them are prescription medicines and these placebos as they relate to lifestyle diseases. Pills in theory that you would take throughout your life, either to lower your blood pressure, to lower your cholesterol, to help you with ongoing pain, that kind of thing. So these were considered to be continuous outcome studies. Guess what? Out of the thousands and thousands of people that tested them against placebos, for these so-called lifestyle diseases, there was no difference. There was no difference between the effectiveness of the actual medicine being tested and the placebo. Think about that for a minute. There was no actual difference. Now, now don't get me wrong, people improved by taking the medicine, it's just that they would have equally improved if they had only thought it was the medicine. Now, if you do trials with binary outcomes, so a binary outcome would be, for instance, a course of penicillin. 
something that you take for a limited period of time, and it's supposed to have a specific effect during that time, you know, kills off the bacteria or whatever it is. Those did show that the prescription medicine was significantly better at treating the ailment than the placebo. But in terms of the lifestyle medicines, the medicines that many people would take every day for their blood pressure, for migraine headaches, and so on, absolutely no difference in the statistical analysis that was done. I got to tell you, that really kind of stunned me. I mean, I knew that my, I mean, I'm a science of mind minister, right? So you got to laugh. Why wouldn't I have thought that to begin with, right? Why wouldn't I have thought that it really is the, the power of our thinking that has that ability to connect to our bodies? You know, every day in the science of mind, we will do prayers for people. We will hold that truth of, of wholeness and perfection for them. And of course, we know that it has a good outcome. And so why wouldn't the placebo be a little bit like a science of mind treatment? Think about it for a moment now. Uh, when we do an effective prayer for someone, one of our affirmative prayers, what are we doing? We're picturing and knowing the ultimate health of that person. We're putting our faith and trust in the truth of spirit itself. It's that combination of the truth of acceptance and our faith and, and our awareness that this does heal. That's the essence of our affirmative prayers. We call them treatments. How is that any different than taking a placebo? There is that desire on the part of the person taking the placebo to be healed. There's that acceptance of the effectiveness of the medicine, even if there has no particular ingredients in it. And there is that, that sense of faith. I'm being given this by a, a medical professional who knows what they're doing, right? So it is that same element to which we ascribe a, a great deal of our philosophy and the effectiveness and success of our prayers. So it shouldn't really have come as a surprise to me, but I have to admit, I was pleased that the scientific evidence absolutely affirms that this works. I have a question for you. How might you think that we could use placebos on ourselves? All right, I can see the objection, and I'm right there with you. The people in all those tests didn't know they were getting placebo. They had their faith that they were getting the real thing. The medical professional was right there to, to tell them the benefits of this medicine and, and how it would relieve their symptoms or reverse the problems that they were experiencing. How can I do that on myself? I know that the pill is made out of sugar. I, I know that the, you know, whatever it is, the tincture or the pill, or the treatment is something that's just made up. So why would I think that it's effective? So wait a minute. I have one more study for you. So this comes out of research done about seven years ago, and this is from the Harvard Medical School. It says, for most of us, the placebo effect is synonymous with the power of positive thinking. It works because you believe you're taking a real drug. But this new study rattles this assumption. Associate Professor of Medicine Ted Kapuchuk teamed up with colleagues at Harvard Medical School to explore whether the power of placebos can actually be harnessed honestly. 
To do this, patients suffering from irritable bowel syndrome were divided into two groups. One group, the controls, received no treatment whatsoever. The other group received only a placebo. And they were honestly described as taking a sugar pill, which they were instructed to take two times a day. And the researcher says, not only did we make it absolutely clear that these pills had no active ingredients in them whatsoever, but we actually had placebo printed on the bottle. We told the patients they didn't have to even believe in the placebo effect, just take the pills. Well, for a three-week period, the patients were monitored. By the end of the trial, twice as many patients treated with the placebo reported adequate symptom relief as compared with the control group. Do you see how stunning this is? We can actually heal ourselves with the full knowledge that we are just treating ourselves only with our mind. It probably doesn't even take a bottle of pills, right? It probably just takes that same level of faith and trust in our own selves and in spirit. We can see ourselves and experience ourselves as healed. Well, so you might be asking, where are we going with this? Because you know there's homework, and you know that Pat Grout has a scientific experiment for us today. So first of all, let's talk just a little bit about what we've learned today, what we've covered. We've learned about the effectiveness of placebos, and I want to talk for a moment about nocebos. So yet one more study was done. It was very interesting. In this one, it was a more typical study where they had two groups, one taking a prescription medicine and the control group taking the placebo. Uh, But because the prescription medicine had some potential side effects, they had to warn everybody of what some of these potential side effects. They didn't want anyone to come to some harm to not report if they were experiencing a negative side effect. Guess what happened? 20% of the people dropped out of the study because of the negative side effects. Those people were taking placebos. So that's called the nocebo effect when you allow the power of your mind to actually have a negative outcome for you. Medically, there is no reason that those people taking the placebo should ever experience the negative side effects, the the nocebo effect. Okay, so today we've learned about the effectiveness of placebos, uh, their negative counterpart, the nocebo. We've also learned that they can be as effective as traditionally prescribed medicine for many ongoing conditions. We've also learned, and this one was stunning to me, we've also learned that it's all right if you even know you're taking a placebo, that they still have a positive effect. Finally, we've learned that they harness the science of mind principle of the divine creative process, that we really are changing our thinking about our symptoms. We're changing our thinking about the healing process where we're coming to a new understanding of wholeness and perfection in us that activates the divine creative process and we have the positive outcome in our bodies and in our lives. 
And I did want to mention that part too. You know, mostly today, and, and our science experiment is going to be around having a positive effect on our bodies. But there's no reason to think that we couldn't do a treatment around just our lives in general. Maybe your idea of success needs to be healed. Maybe your thoughts around getting a great job or excelling in school need to be healed. So let's not be overly narrow in how we might choose to use a placebo in our lives. It doesn't have to be to, to cure something going on with our body. It could be something to cure what's going on in our life as well. All right, on to the homework. Are you ready? It's one of those things that I'm going to have to, to show you as we do it, I think. So one moment while I get my props out. One thing that you probably ought to know is I went to the doctor, oh gosh, it's probably been about six months because I was complaining about this particular joint giving me some pain. And for those of you who scrutinize Facebook Live, you may have noticed that coming up and down the stairs, maybe I'm not as graceful and beautiful as I was 10 years ago. I'm doing pretty good today, and I'll explain why. The doctor said, oh, well, at your age... I hate it when they say that. You can expect a little arthritis, and that's what's wrong with your knee. Nothing really to do about it. And then she, uh, of course, set me up by saying, and expect it to get worse. Probably over the course of the years, you're going to have even more trouble with that knee. And, you know, exercise helps. If it gets really bad, we can prescribe some painkiller, but there you go. Well, this week... I have put the placebo effect into my life. And I'll tell you how the experiment works. Pam Grout says, make yourself a prescription for something that will heal you. And she gives the, the suggestion that we, we tie our, our emotions and our belief system into it. And so I asked myself, what was some of the most powerful medicine I've ever had in my life? And I remembered when I was a kid, when I would be sick, my mom would bring me, quote, the tonic. And I always felt better about it. And I used to remember that sometimes when I would have a bad cold or the flu, I'd even ask for it. I'd say, Mom, I think it's time for the tonic. Well, of course, by the time I was 16 or 17, I was a little curious, what's in that tonic? And I discovered that it was flat 7-Up, <laughs> that mom would just open a can of 7-Up, wait till all the bubbles were gone, put it in a glass, and here's your tonic. But I got to tell you, it made me feel better. It literally healed me from flus and colds and upset stomachs and so on. And so I'm going to use that on me this week, that certain knowledge of mom's healing power. And so I have before me my tonic. I've prescribed it to myself to take once in the morning and once in the evening, knowing that it will allow me to step out in freedom, knowing that it has the curative power to allow my knee to be fully healed, fully flexible, to easily walk forward. And I got to tell you, I've been doing it for about three days now. Did you notice how I did? 
I'm doing just fine, thank you very much. And so it's time for me. I haven't had my tonic yet this morning. Now you might say, what are the magical drops you're putting in there? Well, I didn't want to carry around flat 7-Up. At the market, I found these little drops is just stevia. So I'm putting one drop of stevia to prepare my tonic. And I'm simply going to look at it for a minute and remember the healing properties that my mother brought to my life. That in so many ways, through her love, through her diligence, through her support, through the amazing momness that exists in the world, when, when someone just knows what is needed to heal and to support and love, I give her thanks and I just recognize that that intention that that emotion and that acceptance is here right now in my tonic to life. Mm. Now you can play a little imagination game if you like and just feel it moving through your body. Whether it's a sugar pill that you might be taking in your challenge, whether it might be a, a special tonic that you prepare, whether it might be burning some sage or some other method that to you signals a healing taking place. Know that it doesn't have to have some fancy active ingredient in it. Know that the science actually backs up the healing power of your mind alone. You're simply exemplifying it, externalizing it in the form of a tonic or a pill, but it's still powerful. It's still involving who you are and the spirit of God itself to create a wholeness that has always existed. You're simply revealing your own hell. And so I thank spirit. I thank the healing, uh, the healing powers of mothers everywhere. I thank my own body that knows how to heal itself. Okay, so you've seen your homework. It's called the Placebo Challenge. And so for the next week, prepare a medicinal drought or a, a pill, if you like, or some other symbol for healing, some aspect in your body or some aspect in your life. It could be to lower your blood pressure. It could be to relieve, I don't know, an injury. It could be to, uh, to maybe heal a relationship that has gone bad. Just think of any area of your life that could use some healing. And then put your imagination to work. Think in your own life when you have felt most supported and most healed. And then bring that into a bit of a ritual, a, a bit of a, of a heightened awareness of the healing power that you can bring to yourself. Well, I'm going to close today with a quote, another quote from Pam Groudon, E-squared, and of course a prayer. She says, your beliefs recreate and reproduce themselves in physical reality. This is why thoughts become things. The external world is simply the display screen of your innermost beliefs. These beliefs and expectations animate, sustain, and motivate all that you see. Few of us truly understand the potency of our thoughts and our consciousness. Each thought is a seed, a unit of mental energy. Those that carry sufficient intent emotional impact, and conviction 
They take root and they stimulate materialization. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one wholeness. There is only this one thing that I choose to call God. And what I know about God is it is that emissary of both physical, mental, and emotional perfection that in God all is whole, all is joy, all is compassion, wisdom, balance. That every good thing present in God is available for me to have and to use always. And so today I call upon my awareness of the the power of my thought and whether I, I transfer that to the idea of an elixir or a pill, it really doesn't matter. The power of my thinking makes it so. For each of us today, I claim a a willingness to put our faith on high, a willingness to have faith in spirit to provide a healing, a willingness in spirit to reveal the wholeness that exists within each one of us in our bodies, in our minds, and in our lives. And so I give thanks for this certainty. I give such thanks in knowing wholeness for every single person on this planet and the ability to claim it today. And so I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself, that law that always says yes, that law that says, truly, my beloved, it is so. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. Now is our time of tithes and offerings. I know many of you at home are going to get out your phones or pull us up on our website at cslportland.org. At the bottom of all of our web pages is a link to donate, and I invite you to do so today. If you'd like, you can repeat after me, graciously I give from a place of love, knowing that as I give, so do I richly receive before we close today, I know a lot of things are going on in the world right now that are very distressing, whether it's concerns about health, whether it's worried about uh, protests and violence, whether it's worrying about police brutality and whether black lives really do matter or not. I know so much, so many upsets are going on in the world right now. We are here to help you with those. Please go to our website at cslportland.org. At the bottom of every one of our web pages, you're offered a link for submitting a prayer request. If you fill that request out, you may not know, but it goes to actually 12 of our licensed practitioners, 12 people who are well-trained in that art of using, if you will, the placebo effect, but, but the power of our thinking, the absolute certainty with which we can know a spiritual truth for you. And when we do that, miracles happen. So please do take advantage of our prayer support. It's our honor to pray for you throughout the week. Simply submit a prayer request. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops 
developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.